Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah. Joined by the chairman, the big fella. Hello. Brian Hunsaker. How you doing, Brett? I'm living the dream, brother. Good. And we're joined by a special guest who really should join us more often. We refer to her as Katie the Great. Hello. She she runs the office. (laughs) She keeps us grounded. Katie's awesome. Wow. She's the glue. Nope. Velcro. Velcro. Thank you. It keeps us together at Iron Gate Global Advisors. Well, thanks for letting me be here. I listen every week. It's a pleasure. Thank you. You know Katie because I'm sure she's helped you. And we wanted to bring Katie in because Katie does keep us grounded here at Iron Gate and has a terrific question that she gets a lot from friends, from family, from people that she knows about. I guess the industry as a whole and in Iron Gate specifically and Katie. So there's a lot of advisors out there. And when I tell my friends where I work at Iron Gate, they ask, well, what makes Iron Gate so different from all of those other investors out there? Like Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, Edward Jones. What makes us different? That's a great question. That is a good question. Great question. And Brian, I'm going to let you answer the question, but I'm going to, I'm going to say this. And this is specifically, I think, Katie, as it pertains to how we manage money. Correct, yep. Right? And yes. when I left TD Ameritrade almost 10 years ago, geez, not 10 years, eight years ago? I don't know. I'm losing track. I think it's around eight. Which yeah. is almost 10. Yeah. You're rounding up. <laughs> um, I wanted to join somebody uh, and partner with someone someone that that managed money differently than most other firms because I saw what didn't didn't work. And Brian, no doubt, since 1999, has managed client money at Iron Gate differently than, gosh, 90% of other firms out there. And then we pepper on a little options at the end. <laughs> but Brian, tell us what – answer Katie's question. I'll say that. <laughs> I think it might be – uh, helpful to talk about how I came to the, you know, the conclusion or the idea of how we manage money or the appropriate way to manage money. Um, and uh, I started in the industry over 30 years ago, I'm fresh out of college, young, <laughs> more hair, <laughs> less gray, and uh, pretty. I thought I was pretty smart. <laughs> coming out of college and every college graduate thinks they're brilliant <laughs> yeah and uh and then soon realized that uh i was in the business and realized that i didn't know a lot i didn't i wasn't that smart i i think the markets and uh, financial markets and buying stocks was uh a humbling experience i think early on and so um the the firm that I uh, started with is a company called Veteran Company, and they're no longer in existence. They they were acquired years ago, and now part of Wells Fargo Advisors. And uh, and I, the funny thing is, is I when I went back to training, I thought they're going to teach us how to pick stocks and how to analyze stocks and how to be an investor. And what I realized is they wanted us to not pick stocks, not research, but to how to sell. They wanted us to sell 
their ideas and uh, on their research. And uh, so I did that for a little bit and, and I wasn't really, I wasn't happy about that. It, I didn't have a lot of, a lot of good experiences. And so early on, I started looking for um, ways to manage money and to make my clients money. And I didn't have a lot of clients. I always joke around, you know, my only client back then was my dad. And that, that, <laughs> to some degree, that was, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, very young in, in the industry. And so I was out looking and searching. And one day, um, another advisor in the office handed me a Berkshire Hathaway annual report. And uh, it was over from there. And it was, uh, it was <laughs> like, <laughs> it, I, I read that. I went home and read, I think it was the 1993 uh, Berkshire annual report. I have a copy of it on my desk right now. And, uh, and I read it and it was like a light went on in my head. I was like, man, this makes a lot of sense. And uh, so that's where kind of how I got uh, my philosophy and, and uh, on how to manage money. And it's a very logical, reasonable approach to managing money. It's just good business sense is really what it is. Mm-hmm. So from there, you developed, and it's been refined over time, and we've talked about it on this podcast a lot. And that's the four criteria as to to what we buy and when we buy mm-hmm. and and then the how much we buy, which is the allocation. Uh, how does that differ from other firms though? Yeah. So it's, it's very different. There's, there's kind of two models out there in our industry and uh, we are, we manage assets. We, we are money managers and uh, we, we do the actual research and we pick stocks and we've talked about how we do that. The other side of it is mostly an asset gathering model, which is what they wanted you to be. That's what they wanted me to be. Is at Piper at, at uh, well Bet- Betcher at Betcher, yeah. and, and I also worked at Piper um, yeah, later Betcher. on. But uh, yeah, they wanted me to um, sell. G- gather assets. Yeah, come in and sell and gather assets, and that's typically the model out there. And for most advisors, not that everybody's does that, but I think we're, it's pretty unique in our industry where. We're actually managing the assets, doing the research, picking the stocks, where most advisors out there are gathering assets. So there's – And then, and then they, what they do is they gather the assets, then they go out and hire a third-party advi- manager to manage the assets. It could be a mutual fund. It could be exchange-traded fund or ETF or some other uh, money manager to do it. So the, the model also – incurs higher fees when you think about it you got the advisor you're paying and then you got the money manager so you're you're feeding two mouths there where we are all all in the same all one in the same we're managing the money and uh we, our focus is not on gathering assets but doing a good job for our clients and our business grows through referrals and we're not spending we don't have a, we don't spend money on marketing we are not salesmen no we're not so there's three there's three main i i think you could call it types of advisors out there and and the first one is Katie's favorite insurance salesman I love them <laughs> they're not annoying at all <laughs> And they believe that hey, and I'm not I'm not here to dog on anybody and and their beliefs, but they do believe that everything can be solved through insurance, and so they build a plan for their clients that involves different types of insurance, uh, and then they sell those to their clients. So they don't manage money; they're just selling insurance products. 
The other type of advisor out there are those that do planning and then farm out, like you're saying, the portfolio management to other either mutual fund companies or other firms that are the third category that just manage money. Mm-hmm. Right? They just manage money. Uh, we're, we're kind of a hybrid, meaning half of us manage money, and that's that's our investment committee, and that's you, me, and Spencer, and a few others, and and then we manage the money for clients. Uh, and then we have a financial planning part of our firm that does the financial planning. And if you do need insurance and good term policy, <laughs> we can help you with that just so you don't go elsewhere and get ripped off. So it's kind of a hybrid approach, but the key there is that we are doing the portfolio management. And and we take take it very seriously. Um that's it, I, I think it's, it's the foundation of our firm. It's the foundation of our firm. Um, and uh, we, that, I mean, I, when I, when I started Iron Gate uh, over 20 years ago, 20, 21 and a half years ago, um, it was the, I, I wanted to create a firm that if I was the client, if I was the guy sitting on the other side of that table, I'd want to do business with them. And I would want to do business with a firm that focused on, good investments and good investment portfolio re- portfolio returns. And I remember um, the, my first 10 years in the business, I was on the brokerage side of the business. And I had, uh, I was at, I think, three different firms uh, in those 10 years. And I never had a manager ever ask me how my clients are doing. <laughs> it was That was never a topic of conversation, never a um, importance. And uh, I wanted to create a firm where it was important that investment returns, investment performance returns were were important. It's 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 no uh, mistake by the brokerage industry the, it, that it's hard for an investor to look at their statement and to know how they're doing. <laughs> it's there's a reason for that, and I know if people listening to this, if you've looked at your statement and say, oh, I I, I don't know how I'm doing. I, all I know is. You know, it was worth this last month, and it's worth this much. It's this month. Um, okay, I'm up over last month, or maybe I'm up year to date. But they don't know how they're doing, and that's that's not a mistake. They they make it that way on purpose. And uh, I wanted to change that model where we want our clients, we want full transparency, we want them to know how they're doing, and uh, we want to be held accountable um, for your investments and the investments we pick and, and, uh, call us up and talk to us why we own a stock. And we're happy to have that conversation. Okay, Brian. So when we have new clients that come over, I'm the one that helps them get the account over transferred everything. So I see a lot of account statements. And as I'm reviewing through the assets that are in the account statements, the majority of them are mutual funds and ETFs. Why do a lot of advisors put ETFs and mutual funds in these portfolios for clients? That's a good question. That's a very good question. And uh, I think there's more than one reason. Can I just give you one? Give me one. And then you go. You take from here. They're lazy. Okay, you take it from there. <laughs> and I was going to say it's easier. Okay, okay that's a little better <laughs> say, than say, the way I worded it. I, said, I got you. I said a little nicer. Yeah, you but, did. Uh, no, you but, did. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, you want to call it lazy, it's easier, whatever. I mean, what we do is harder. There's no question. And we're putting our livelihood on the line. I mean, it's really – I mean, we're – if we pick if we pick a bad investment um, – there's no one to blame but us. 
I mean, you can't, you can't which say, we have before. Oh yeah. yeah. But I mean, if we pick a bad investment, our clients can say, Brian, uh, you picked a bad one. I'm saying, yeah, we did. And versus the other advisor that chooses a bunch of ETFs say, well, Hey, I didn't, you know, it's not my fault. It's their fault. <laughs> and so let's, let's fire that ETF. The guy that's running the ETF, let's fire them and put you somewhere else. And so they sort of, they don't, you know, it's not their fault. It's someone else's fault. And that's the other reason why I think is, is really to cover CYA. What is it? CYA, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's for, and I see a couple of the reasons in that, right? Number one, you've got to understand these mutual fund and ETFs are more expensive for a client to own, which is important to know. You might be paying an advisor 1%, but you're actually paying 1.5% because of the fees with these ETFs and, and mutual funds. Mm-hmm. But it's easy. It's lazy. It allows them to be average in their investment management and allows that person to go and sell. So 80%, 90, 95% of their time is probably gathering new assets, marketing, asking people. I mean, that's how they're going to make money. We're probably 90% portfolio management. And I'm going to even say 98% portfolio management and 2%. I don't even know. Do we even sell? <laughs> Maybe I'm half, trying to give half it a, a percent. Per, half, per, half percent. Maybe. But our total focus is picking the right investments for clients based on whatever situation they're in. It's researching. Yeah. And we have, I mean, what and what comes with that is sometimes looking stupid, you know. Yep. <laughs> so what, is, what does that look like, though, when you research a company? Because... Obviously, the other ones, it's like, well, you're looking for a conservative approach, so let's put you in this portfolio here. You're, you know, at other places. So what, when you're looking at a company that you want to have this put in the portfolio, what do you look at? I mean, I know we've talked about the four different criterias and stuff, but what goes on in your mind? Because you research so many companies. Yeah. That's what you do the majority of your time. So give me like a glimpse into what does that look like? So when, I, when I'm looking at a business, I, I'm just looking for a business. I, I, I say a great business, but maybe I need to define what a great business is. It's a business that uh, the future um, future profitability looks very bright. It, it looks uh, they have good industry um, a, a trajectory that's uh, pot, you know, growing. And and, uh, and and we talk about competitive advantages. I want a business that you know. I love to see a business that has reoccurring revenue. Um, and, uh, I mean, those are, those are some of the things I, I look for is just, just, you know, I always say a great business, but to define a great business, I mean, it, there's so many good businesses out there, but there's very few great businesses. And, uh, and, and, and really it's looking forward. You're looking at the business today and where is it going to be three years, five years, 10 years from now? I mean, that's what I'm looking at is look, trying to look forward and, and imagine what this business might look like in the future. With the mindset, if that CEO came to me today and said, I want you to be an investor in my business, would we do it? Would right. we want to own that business for mm-hmm. the next five, 10 years? Yeah. I mean, when, I, when I'm looking at a business, I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm really looking at sort of flipping that equation and say, what's wrong with this business? You know, what don't I like about this business? 
and then and then go and then after saying okay what I do like about the business and uh, but back to the you know what I don't like you know what are the, some potential pitfalls what are some things that could what are the potential roadblocks ahead for this particular business? And the other, a lot of it is a lot of times I come to a road, a mental block with this particular business because I, there's something I don't understand about that business. And a lot of times what happens is, is I just sort of, I just pass on it. I'm like, you know what? There's some things I don't understand. Maybe I'll understand it at some point in the future, but right now I don't. And I'm, and I'll just I'll take a pass. Um, and so it's fair to say then, Katie, to answer your question on what differentiates the way we approach it versus others, it's the mindset that our clients are our actual business owners of the companies that we put them in. I don't know of really any other financial advisor that believes that their clients are business owners for the companies that we're selecting for them. That's how we think about it. And that is, that's, that's the core. Well, and I think right. it's interesting because every month there's an investment committee meeting and it is that mindset of looking at here are the companies that we're interested in. Is it a good buy? Is what's the valuation of it to be able to put it into clients portfolios? And I mean, obviously I don't know a ton as much as you guys know about the industries, but I can't imagine the majority of advisors spending the time to look at that on a monthly basis with the other advisors to say, yes, this is good for our clients. Let's add it and make the appropriate allocation yeah. in their portfolios for it. I, I would say that we're very, uh, at least I am, and I know you guys are, I know you are Brett, but I'm actually a conservative person uh, with my money. I don't want to lose my money. <laughs> and, 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 and even to the ne- when it comes to someone else's money, even even greater. I'm gonna have even, I mean, have even so. greater. Yeah. I guess I don't want to say fear, but even I mean that's I don't want to lose anybody's money, but you know my own, and then my my parents or you know family or Any or client. our clients, yeah. you know, anybody's money, and so our whole process. We I've mentioned this before, is we want to own wonderful, great businesses. You know, at good prices, run by good people, with competitive advantages, and all of that. You know, all those things are really to reduce the probability that we'll lose anybody's money. So you said something interesting there again. Differentiation. You you, you have an Edward Jones or you know firm like that. You invest with them day one. You're 100 percent invested. You mentioned something that needs to be talked about, which is we want to buy at a good price. Mm-hmm. Today, for example, and I don't know when this podcast will, will come out, but today the market was, you know, it's the worst sell-off since October. And many of the stocks that we love were down 4, 5, 6, 7%. Well, guess what that does for us? All day today, cancel everything that I have going on, and it's just portfolio management. Buying these companies for people... Maybe not full allocations, maybe a little bit more here and there, maybe full allocations. Depends on the price of the business. But that's when we that's when we take advantage of it. Yeah. We we just t- so different. Yeah, very different. I was gonna say that's very different because when a new client does come on, that is a mindset that we have to help shift because they look at it a week later and say, Why do I still have cash? Why is their cash still there? But then we wait for opportunities like this and they think, Oh, I just got a great deal on a great company that 
three weeks ago, I would have had to pay more for. Yep. Yep. And sometimes we get it really right. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> we sit on cash in the market rallies. But over time, I think our historical returns have proven that, that the, the methodology definitely works. As I look back over, over the years and look at when the, the great investment opportunities and when people really, really compound wealth, it's buying those great businesses when they're uh, at selling at deep discounts, <laughs> like last March, like the fall of 08 and spring of 09. When, and and during the dot, you know, back in the two thousands, when the dot com was going on, when some occasionally when great businesses sell at deep deep discounts, that's actually rare that they sell at these deep deep discounts. But when if we can buy a business at a discount to intrinsic intrinsic value to the value of the business, that's when you know you can compound compound your wealth and uh, over quickly over a you know shorter period of time, and that's when real wealth is built. So here's one other thing that's different than I, I would guess a lot of firms. And this is, a, this is what we've been doing lately with a lot of clients who maybe are more conservative and, and they want some fixed income or have some fixed income in their portfolios. We've been reaching out to them. It's very, it's very one-on-one, meaning I've, I've reached out individually to a lot of our clients saying, hey, you've got 20 more years worth of life you've got 20% of your assets in bonds. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about it because inflation's over 5% right now. And, hey, let's have a conversation just to see if we should tweak it. And every one of those people are so grateful for that personal touch that how many advisors do you know where a client requests bonds in their portfolio, reaches out to them... <laughs> And says, "Hey, no, you don't. <laughs> you you might want to rethink this." Yeah, right. And and you don't have to do that. I mean, we don't have to do that. And in fact, you're sort of putting yourself on a limb and saying because volatility in their portfolio increases. Right. Yeah. But if you explain it to them and talk about it, yep. it makes absolute sense. Yeah. The, the the default in our industry is the sixty forty, the balanced portfolio. You got to be sixty forty, and uh, hmm. and and we. W- what what we're doing is we're actually thinking about it and, and instead of just going on automatic mode and say okay 60 40 here you go and 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 forget about it but that's that's not what we're doing we're we're actually advising and consulting and counseling our clients and saying hey we don't think it makes sense we don't think the 60 40 portfolio makes sense especially for you you know you're, you're in your 40s or 30s and it just doesn't make sense can I, one other quick thing, because as you're saying that, I know that there's been multiple times that you guys have reached out and at the risk of losing a client, just because you have their best interest in mind and you look at their portfolio and say, Hey, I think we need to go this route. And to have those conversations, which the people that I've talked to, I've never talked to somebody that said like, yeah, my invest, my advisor reaches out to me and make sure that I'm comfortable with where I'm at or if they have other ideas or other things, they reach out to me. Nobody, I've never talked to anybody whose advisor has done that to them, which again is it's just another reason. It's a risk of losing the client. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, if you do right for a client, they're clients for life. 100%. Then they send their friends, mm-hmm. which is how Iron Gate grows. Yep. Yeah. It's because if you do a good job for them, 
they're going to send their friends. You don't see, you don't, uh, no one out there is seeing a lot of Iron Gate uh, marketing, or it's just not happening. <laughs> I keep telling Spencer we need to throw him on a billboard, but he, he won't go for it. <laughs> the tall fella. Yeah. Does that answer your question yeah, as to how we're different? Absolutely. I think it helps make it. It's so much more real, in the sense of when you see it on a day-to-day basis to be able to show people that you guys are actively involved in really, truly caring about a client and wanting to help them grow their wealth. Yeah. I, th- I, uh, I had lunch with another advisor today, and, and he and I, for the first half hour, just talked about how messed up our industry is, <laughs> how it's, it's, it, we've created this. I mean, I say we. I mean, our industry has is, is found ways to charge fees and charge higher and higher fees. And they're not really, in a lot of cases, we're not really adding a lot. I say we, the industry is not adding a lot of value. And uh, it's sort of to justify, you know, looking busy, looking like you're doing something. There's a lot of advisors out there that are trading in and out of ETFs. (laughs) They're buying, they're selling one ETF and buying another one that owns the exact, exact same stocks just to look like, you know, show activity and look like they're doing something and they're adding value and they're really not. And that happens so much in our industry. And, uh, it, when you, when it all boils down to is you, if you have an advisor, that's just it, the simpler is better. And, uh, and we say ours is simpler. It, it's, it's simpler in the sense that it's just straightforward. We, we want to own great businesses. You know, we, th- we talk about the formula and uh, as opposed to, you know, all these, you know, trading in and out of the market, the, the, you know, doing all this, charging high fees and having multiple layers of advisors and things. It's just, there's just a lot of garbage out there. I'd say it's simpler for the client, the way we do it and the way we operate, but it's harder work for us. There's no question. Which we love. Yeah. Because it's the right thing to do. That's, well, you know. <laughs> it's how we manage our own money. And that's the other piece I love. You guys don't do anything different than what you do in a client's portfolio, which says a lot about how committed you are to the process. How many chefs you know that cook something, they don't try it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Then why is it different in our industry? So we we own everything. We eat our own cooking. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. We buy a stock for a client. It's... You know, it's going into our account as well. Do an we, option trade, same thing. We think of our clients as partners in in this business, in our business. We're partner business owners, and we, and, and we own the same businesses. And and uh, I, I just, I love that idea. I love that concept. It just makes sense to me. And uh, we're not doing anything different in our own portfolio than what we're doing for our clients. Yep. And it's showing. How we're running our business is showing because we're growing. And again, we're not salesmen. I can tell you that much. <laughs> so yeah, we've been and, told. Awesome. Any Thank other you. questions? Katie? No, that I think that helps clarify and answer the question. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for letting me join. It's good to have Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Yeah. We need to do it more. It's it's refreshing. Velcro. I know. I, I don't have to we'll look. Have no, more. Katie's Katie's here. <laughs> I'm here in the background every Katie's, every time. <laughs> yeah, she's here every week, so I I can't say I just have to look at Brett because I can I can always look at Katie over here. Yeah. It's just not <laughs> as creepy yeah. this time. It's a wise <laughs> wise choice to yeah. look at her instead of me. <laughs> anyway. Thank you. Until next time, my friends. Bye bye.
This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.